Hello and welcome to another edition of the Show Game Podcast with me, Sean Colfer. It's been some time. I have been away. As I said in a previous podcast, I was on holiday. Uh, and then there's just a lot to catch up on for me in terms of life and then Frisbee tournaments coming up as well as uh, getting all the podcast stuff sorted. So we'll have one next week where we go through what happened at the Elite Invite in full. We'll go through what happened at Tom's because that is this weekend. We can talk about that. And we'll go through what happened at Masters Euros, which I'm about to go to the airport and fly off to. Uh, we have as well some university stuff to talk about. I know there was some memes about the men's outdoor final. Uh, there was obviously women's outdoor final as well. And we have mixed coming up pretty soon. So we'll talk about university as well. I'll find time for that. A lot of Frisbee going on, lots of stuff happening. We have the London Invite coming up in June, and that is the main focus of today's episode. I spoke to Conrad and Connor from Clapham about the London Invite and about what we can expect from that tournament both this year and potentially going forward. But uh, yeah, just to give you an update on where we are, I will be giving a full update going through what's happening uh, or what has happened so far in the UK and in the rest of Europe next week. Uh, but until next week, uh, enjoy this chat with Connor and Conrad. Uh, I'll put some stuff on our social media about where you can find tickets and all that kind of stuff for the London Invite if you want to go over and watch and support. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun event, so uh, we'd definitely recommend going along. Uh, but yeah, until next week, I will speak to you soon. All right, I'm joined now by two Clapham players who have been helping kind of get to the London Invite together, uh, as well as preparing for the season with Clapham. Comrade Wilson, Comrade, hello, how are you? Great, thank you. Yeah, doing very well, thanks. Good, good. And Connor McHale, how's it going, Connor? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. And yourself? Yes, doing well, doing well. It's been a lot of Frisbee stuff to catch up on after my three and a half week uh, break from everything. I was not uh, taking notice of almost anything Frisbee related. Uh, the only Frisbee thing I was related, Frisbee related thing I was aware of, we'll, we'll get onto later, it was at the London Invite. Uh, but let's start with the London Invite. Uh, so when is the London Invite? Where's, when's it happening and where is it happening? So it's, it's happening on the 25th and 6th, 26th of June in Osterley, which is just West London. It's a 30 minute journey out from Waterloo or it's on the Piccadilly line as well. Short walk from a Piccadilly stop. So really accessible for people to get to from London and also quite drivable from, uh, from areas as well because it's not central, central London. Nice, but use, use the tube if you can. Yeah, you, uh, sure. TFL really needs your money, so please use you. And best way to utilize the bar is to take the public transport as well. So. Yeah. Definitely use the tube if you're drinking. Definitely, that's a very, <laughs> very good point. What's the thinking behind the tournament? Clapham been a team for so long that there's never been a tournament like this that's been organized before. What was the impetus behind this? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think over the last few years, Clapham have been getting more and more involved in the community of the UK, and we're trying to really boost our outreach so after kind of two long years of not having many uk tournaments not having any tournaments in general we just really wanted to to create an opportunity for people to kind of come together and both play we have a we've created um a really good tournament for uk teams to play against the best european clubs but also for them to bring their friends them to bring their colleagues who've maybe never seen them play make a real event of it and have a have a really good time whilst watching the best highest level ultimate that you can so kind of getting trying to do something to get the community together um particularly the london community is is kind of what what drove this it's interesting and so the, i mean we were going to talk about it i suppose later but it's a nice segue in terms of talking about friends and colleagues 
the idea of bringing people to watch Frisbee, it's one of those things, I suppose. It's always been difficult, I'm sure. Both of you, everybody listening, has had those discussions with people like what actually is Frisbee, how does it work and all that. Everyone's had that experience. And so bringing people to watch Frisbee has seemed like something that just doesn't really happen. But you've obviously, you're selling tickets and you're, you know, you're trying to get people down. So what's the, what's the thinking there? Like how, how many people do you think are going to be there? Like what's the ticketing approach? How are you, how are you trying to sell this to people that are not Frisbee players? Because obviously if you want to be doing this sustainably, you are going to have to try and get people that are not Frisbee players. Yeah, definitely. So I, I think in the past we've had tournaments that are, I don't know, maybe 50 teams in Cardiff or in um, Sheffield or in Nottingham. And it's really difficult to get to those tournaments for people. So if you're a London-based or an Edinburgh-based person, you say, oh, I'm going to play Frisbee. Historically, there's been no stream of it. There's been, and there's no way for some, unless they're very committed, maybe someone's partner would come begrudgingly once to watch um, a tournament, but they're not going to come to it because it's too far. It's too much of a hassle. There's such a huge community in London of ultimate players that we really feel like a lot of those players have been, their colleagues probably know, their friends know that they play, but there's no way that they're going to travel to go see a game. Whereas by putting on an event in London, we've got two amazing showcases um, planned. So on the Saturday, we're going to have two games where there's only, there's a male, uh, there's a women's game and a, and a men's game. So we have Iceni versus a European team and Clapham versus a, a European team. And that will, that's a real event, but um, it's five pounds for a ticket. So anyone can come from London. It's, it's a pretty short distance to out to the venue in Austin, in Austin. Uh, and they can come, have some drinks, have some food, sit down, like sit down, watch the game, um, like have your, and then after the game, the ICM players can go and speak to their friends and the same with some of the club players. And it's, it's not just for ICM and Clapham as well. It's a, there's going to be opportunities to watch every, every team on the screen. And also everyone can kind of after, invite their friends to watch that showcase, even if they're playing for a different London-based or a different UK-based team. It's just a really good opportunity to get friends and family down for a great event. Anything to add, Connor? Only that that was kind of our intention all along with the the availability, as Conrad was saying, we wanted to create something that was accessible. Um, part of that was was with the ticketing. We, we thought just having one blanket ticket price for everyone would potentially put some people off paying for a full price ticket for a full weekend and only being able to make the evening. We wanted to create a ticket or create a system that would allow people to just pop down in the evening. If, if that's the only time they were free or just come to one of the days and, and not cost it uh, not cost them rather an arm and a leg. So having that just Saturday night live ticket, five pounds to come and watch two, what we're hoping will be really amazing games with the atmosphere and with the venue um, the single day tickets for, for like say people who have training or, or have other commitments. And then we're, we're hoping that a few people will be along for that full event as uh, as we said as well. Um, and hopefully some people coming from, from abroad over with, with the teams to, to do so as well. That'd be great. So I suppose the, the showcase teams you were saying, comrade, that there's a European team for both uh, the, the men's and the women's division feeds slightly into the wider tournament. So obviously we talked about what the, impetus of the tournament is and, and kind of getting people down but you've got eight teams in each division uh how were those teams selected obviously they're all really good i imagine that performs part of the process but was what else went into it yeah so we wanted to make sure that uk teams were still getting the opportunity to have to play against the top european teams um but the main focus was quality of european 
teams after that. So we we approached from the men's division. We we played against all of those all of these teams across the last few years. Uh, a few of them were a bit newer in the likes of Alba and Wall City. But we just went out to them and, and kind of said we're, we're hosting this tournament and we're really happy with the response that we got. Everyone was very excited and wanted to be part of it. And then from the women's side as well, we were we were delighted to get the likes of Yaka on board very early. So we're really, really grateful for them to, um, for kind of coming on board so early and that let us then go to other teams and say, look, we're, we've got this opportunity to play. You haven't played Bristol, you haven't played Iceni in a few years' time and also Yaka are coming in, they're the, they're the European champions. So why wouldn't you want to come? And um, that made it a lot easier to get the other really high-level um, teams that you, you can see that we have and um, yeah, absolutely ec- ecstatic about that. Yeah, I suppose one kind of follows the other when you get a couple of good teams going, everyone else identifies it's going to be a really good training exercise to play against these teams in a in a competitive environment. Um, how long did the process take of getting these teams together, like emailing them and getting people to commit and then, yeah, we could definitely send a squad and then I, I, I imagine there might have been a couple of teams that you spoke to that couldn't make it. So how long does it take to get all 16 of these teams kind of pinned down? Yeah, I think, I think we started sending out feelers in November and then by mid um, January I think everyone had committed to the to the tournament so it was we were lucky it was really quick to um to fill out the spots and because it's only I think because it's only eight teams it it was quite an easy sell because it's such Mm. a high quality tournament that every game that you play there will be um kind of from a quarterfinal onwards of of a European tournament almost um of well of Euros basically so yeah from that perspective, it's it's a great opportunity for every club involved. So they just, a lot of people are very keen to come on board. That's cool. And then if you were talking to, I don't know, either a Frisbee player or a non-Frisbee player, Connor, and you were saying to them, this is why you should come and watch. Obviously, you've got the quality of the players and the quality of the teams, but I don't know, is, is there something else something about the atmosphere? You, you're obviously working with sponsors. I know you've uh, talked about uh, Be Ultimate as well. So what is it that people can expect if they if they come down and watch well we wanted to create a an event that people would remember not just for the ultimate but for the event itself for the entire event when people talk about windmill tom's tourney the us open these are events that people go to and enjoy and remember not just because they saw amazing games of ultimate but from the atmosphere that's with the people that they're with, the the food stalls, the events that are going on. And so we wanted to create something similar that people would remember, not just because of the games they played, but everything around that as well. So currently working with BE as our as our headline sponsor, they've given us some ideas for how we can um, do that. Um, the faster than fast event that they had, I believe it was at US College Nationals or Club Nationals a few years back uh, for a 40 meter dash. We're going to be having that going on. We're paired up with Greatest, Greatest Bags. Um, we have one of their Sky Trainers. So we're going to have a, a station there for a Sky Trainer Challenge. Um, we are currently in discussion with some disc golf retailers in the UK who are hoping to sponsor the event as well, have a putting station there for, for that kind of thing. So hoping to have the kinds of things that people will go and take part in in between games, not necessarily just players, but people going along as well. It's the kind of things that people remember when when an event is over. Um, and hopefully that alongside, as Conrad said, some, some really high quality ultimate will create something that people will go away and think, yeah, we want to we be part of that next time. 
which leads very nicely into my next question, which was going to be, it seems like this is a lot of effort been going into one tournament. So I imagine there's some kind of plan for this to be an annual thing, a regular thing. What's the, what's the thinking there? Yeah, absolutely. We'll get, we'll see, we'll certainly see how this one goes. Um, we're really confident that it'll be an amazing tournament. The pitches are, ama- are incredible and we have the full backing of this incredible rugby club as well. So we think it'll be a great event and we're just next, next year, we'll just put the feelers out to the same or a similar group of teams and, and try and organize it again. We've got a great relationship now with the club and I don't see any reason why we wouldn't continue to run it um, if it's a success. And then Ulti TV, they're streaming as well. So I suppose it's going to be accessible for everybody. And like everybody likes watching games between good teams and you've got plenty of those going on over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And on the Ulti TV side there, they're currently trying to get to 500 patrons. Um, so that's a big target they have to help them get over to, to work. Um, they want to get over to, to stream that, but um, need to kind of raise the funds to do that. So anyone listening, um, yeah, please try and help help them get to that um if you can at the moment they they're going to stream the saturday behind their patreon paywall until they get to 500 subs um they're going to be from the london invite there'll be eight streamed games all really high quality behind that so it's um, it's a great opportunity if they get to 500 subs then it will just be free for everyone on youtube immediately streamed on youtube and the Sunday will be free to watch um, for everyone as well. So like a, a lot of great opportunities if you can't make it to the tournament to, to get involved. Nice. That sounds great. And I fully echo the, the call for Subscribe TV. I'm sure as everyone knows, I've, I've worked with them, but I'm, I'm a subscriber as well. I think, you know, the work that they're doing um, to kind of keep Frisbee going, keep it uh, free to watch is great. So uh, looking forward to watching those games uh, as long as everything else that's going on in Europe this year, which uh, we've had one tournament already, the Blinder Invite. Uh, that was unusual in that we don't see we don't see Clapham lose very very frequently. And obviously you lost in the semi-final. There was that game against Ranler, which, as I mentioned earlier, I've been out of the loop completely for quite some time. But even I, out in America, heard about that Ranler game. Um, what was that game like? What was that tournament like? I know you scrimmaged Coos as well. How, did, how was that? Uh, I've heard the result. I've heard that Coos won, but... What was it like? What was the team you sent? All the stuff that you think, you know, people would want to know about that, about that tournament. Uh, how was it? Yeah. So first of all, we, we always love attending Blunt Reinvite. I think it's always a great way to kind of test your metal early in the season, um, especially with, with Clapham having pretty much exclusively just trained against each other and played against each other for two, three months going into that. It's always really interesting to see where we're at playing against other teams, other players, other styles. Um, so love, love it to, to really start start off the year. Um, yeah, Clapham's um, kind of in, intent was to go with a, a predominantly D-line based team with some O-line t- uh, players thrown in there as well. We have a few of our players um, attending World Games and so they had commitments elsewhere with that. That fit in quite well with that sort of structure anyway. And the captains um, were, were using this as part of our world clubs selection. Um, so we had the start of each game, we had two main lines. We were staying pretty much ex- um, very strict to, to that. Um, and so it was lots of equal pitch time for everyone out there, putting people in positions they may not usually um, are. And, and so putting us in a good position to be able to test everyone's nerve and their steel before, um, before Worlds and before some of the big tournaments prior to that as well. Um, 
the runner runner game specifically yeah was was quite something um i've i've lost with clapham before but probably you can count on on one hand even for less than that probably how many times we've gone down by six in in that way um and captain said some some stern words at half time kind of snapped everyone into it a little bit and we we were pleased to come away with the win but obviously disappointed to be in that position in the first place i think ran are a top top class outfit when they when they put it all together and um i think we were very fortunate that it wasn't just us playing well in the second half that managed to get us the win. It was unfortunately Ranala taking their foot off the pedal pedal a little bit. Um, but if they continue to play like that through the rest of the game, we we had no chance. So um, I'm excited to see them come come Tom's Tony, come London Invite, come Worlds. If they can keep that going through 15 points rather than just the nine, um, I'll be excited to see how they go. Um, and yeah, Wall Wall City semi-final. They are they're looking good. We played against them at the quarterfinals of XCUCF in 2021. They we knew they were a good outfit. And we even even with that experience, we struggled to shut down a lot of their main threats. They have some big receivers, they have some guys behind the disc in a handler setup that are just supremely confident. They couldn't be shaken at all. Um, I think it was fair to say whatever we threw at them, they were very comfortable, whether it be more of a saggy look or zone or, or trying to put just match defense pressure on them. They were, they were really, really good. And we, we brought it back a little bit towards the end. We brought, had a couple of breaks to put the pressure on, um, but they, uh, they, they kept their nerve and fully deserved to win the tournament. I think, I think Coast will have been disappointed to not give them a closer final, but they're, um, they're definitely going to be one to look out for, for, for the rest of the year. Yeah, as you say, obviously going to the quarterfinals, really pushing uh, Basket last year in, in German national final as well. They've, they've clearly come on as a team, always been a team that was, that was good, but they're pushing on to being really good and one of the best teams in Europe now. Uh, got some German World Games players there as well. So it's intriguing to see what they are going to look like for the rest of the season. I suppose they've always had that top level, but maybe the depth hasn't been there. It doesn't like that kind of starting to change a bit. Yeah, and I think... Bologna as a tournament does favour those teams that have those those strong, maybe 10 to 12 really strong players and maybe don't have the depth. I, I won't say that's what it necessarily was for Wall City, but slightly shorter games um, early on in the season, that, that can really work for, for a lot of teams. It certainly wasn't Clapham's prerogative going into the tournament and through the tournament to shorten lines or to... In, in that semi-final situation to change what we're doing for the sake of the win um, and respect to the captains for, for sticking with that. That wasn't the reason we were there. Um, obviously, it would have been great to win and to, to be in the final, but um, to to be honest, the, the Cusp game that we had with them on Sunday morning, um, if that was going to be reflective of the final, then maybe for the better, but who knows. <laughs> So, I mean, how, do Cusp, how did Cusp look? Obviously, they I don't know if they brought their full squad, but I know they had both of their American editions playing there. So how, how do they look at the moment fitting in that, into that roster? Yeah, Goose and uh, Goose Helton and Kurt Gibson were, were both playing. One thing I will say is that big respect to Cusp for integrating them so well, but still just doing their thing. They didn't seem to be sticking out in any way. 
they were quite seemingly kind of seamlessly part of the of the structure. And as much as they are both excellent players, it wasn't Goose and Kerr coming in in order to bring the team to the next level. It was to, from what I saw, just stock an already excellent Cuz outfit. Um, we talked about depth. I think they have a, a lot of players that are very, very skilled with the disc. They didn't seemingly have any issues, whoever was on disc, being able to hit difficult resets and difficult swings. And um, very, very set in, in how they want to play. They're very, very structured, very good at it, and they, they stick to what they know. Um, we weren't, unfortunately, able to, to do anything about that. Um, tried some different looks, and they were they adapted well, um, hoping that we can give them a, a tighter game. I think they're at Tom's, um, Tom's Tony, and so we're hoping to be able to give them a tighter game than we gave them on on that uh, Monday morning, whenever it was on the the dirt fields that they dragged us along to. But um, yeah, they um, they're looking great, and I think, but to, to kind of touch on European Ultimate in general, I think it's excellent. I mean. To, to have these things going on for Ranler to go up on, on us as they did for Wall City to beat us and to, for Wall City and Coast to be having such a close game. I think the past couple of years, as, as Bad Skid have unfortunately tailed off a little bit in, in the past couple of years, maybe with, with their results gentle coming through and providing some good competition now as well. It's, it's starting to shake things up a little bit and it's, it's exciting. Um, and to circle all the way back around to London Invite, I'm hoping that that's going to kind of culminate in a we're almost at Worlds ready. Everyone's in, in top shape and it's going to be uh, one of the closest contests so far. But we'll see. Definitely. And we'll all push each other to the next level at work. That's that's the goal as well. For a while, that's been us. That's been Clapham kind of, well, to be fair, to us bringing up the standard of European Ultimate and dragging us to our next level. So it's good just to have, just to have that competition to, to keep pushing us higher. Definitely, that's I suppose that's how you improve, isn't it? Everyone improves in the the fire of competition, um, and you definitely you're right, comrade. Because of you know 2018 or was it 2019? 2019? We were in 2019 just before the pandemic, right? So it pushed you on to to get it back in 2020. So uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we see the results of that at London Invite and and the other tournaments. So you mentioned uh, Tom's comrade. You mentioned Tom's Connor um, coming up this weekend. Pretty good lineup. Pretty good lineup of, of teams there. It looks like pretty much uh, everybody you'd want to be testing yourself against is going to be there. Uh, so, looking forward to that as well. Yeah, very much so. It's uh, it's a it's a slightly different Clapham team than was at Bologna. So, as I mentioned, the World Games players that we have weren't at Bologna because of uh, training commitments with with them, but they are back for for this. So, um, bolstering up the team a little bit and. This is kind of the inverse to, to Bologna in that this is going to be primarily O-line players with a few players that are going to be playing both ways at Worlds coming over and um, supplementing the, the team a little bit. So I'm going to change things up slightly. It's going to be um, it's going to be a blast. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. How many players did you have at Bologna and, and how many are you going to have at Tom's if it's just one, one line? Either? So I believe Bologna was around 22 so we had two lines of seven with around three or four subs per line. A little bit shorter than that for, for Tom's. We're going to be playing with around, I think it's 16 to 18. Um, obviously post work selection now. And so the, 
that is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, but as, as far as I'm aware, I, I, this is my first time going to Tom's, but I think that the games are a little shorter and um, not quite as uh, uh, as heavy on the, on the old muscles as, as some of the other tournaments. So might might suit that. Yeah, I think it's 50-minute games at Tom's. You are right, they are sh- shorter than usual. It's interesting, you mentioned the, the world selection. Uh, you both talked about worlds and how it's been an aim. So uh, 22-man squad going to worlds. Uh, I imagine you're both feeling pretty good about it, pretty... I don't know, confident, looking forward to it, excited? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think the, the group of guys that have come together over the last four years has been incredible. We've had a lot of young players come into the team and really push push the old heads and increase the the work rate of, um, of the team up. And that resulted in the success we had last year. So we just need to continue building on that and continue kind of getting to the next level as a group. Um, it's a lot of fun playing now, like particularly now and um, the standard is incredibly high. So yeah, I think work is, this is going to be an amazing year, first year back in three years really on doing the full European circuit. And then also with work at the end of that is going to be, um, it's going to be a really good year, really good year. All right. I think that's pretty much everything covered. I suppose the only thing from here is like, is there one part of, the season in particular that you're looking forward to was it just the being back having like you said comrades an actual kind of full season is there one bit of it that's more exciting than others or is the exciting thing that the season is happening properly i i think it's the full thing like when it's when you're trying to compete at the highest level of frisbee it's it's fine to have your one target if it's work or if it's euros but the way you get better and the way you kind of continue to improve yourself is what's my short-term goal? How do I work towards that tournament? And then after that, you reassess and you say, okay, what do I need to do to that tournament to get to the next step for the, the next tournament? So last year it was, well, 2020 was particularly hard. There's nothing. So there's a lot of onus on you to just keep going and trusting that it wasn't going to be forever. And then last year it was really just nationals and then Euros. Um, but this year you've got, you can focus on, in Connor's case, Bologna, and then you've got three weeks and then you've got Tom's and then you've got Windmill and then you've got the London Invite the next week. So there's just so many opportunities to play and kind of improve yourself, say, okay, I wasn't quite there on my on my flicks or whatever it is. And you can go and work on that and continue to improve. And it's just immediate feedback on that um, rather than just five months out from the tournament being like, this is the sole goal and we've got to build up to that. So I think it's I think it's just the whole thing. London invite will be incredible. It's a new experience for everyone, and um, Clapham will be Clapham are hosting it, so it's going to be uh, really special for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, just that, but mostly the full season is going to be awesome. Connor, yeah, I'd agree with that. I think it's just having things going on right. It's last year was. It was great to be back, but it, it did feel as though there was, it was just something missing a little bit. And I think coming into a world's year on, at the tail end of, of everything that happened is just throwing everyone straight back in the deep end. So many ultimate tournaments going on in, in the run up to worlds. Um, just, yeah, thrilled to be thrilled to be part of it and, and thrilled to be hosting something along, alongside all of that as well. What are, you most, what are you most excited about, Sean? Uh, well, I'm 
playing Masters Worlds, uh, which is the first time I've ever played a week-long tournament as a player. So although I am missing some days because of a wedding. But yeah, I'm excited for that. But then I think I'm probably most excited about uh, Euros at the end of the year because like Connor said last year, some teams really seem to be building up. Gentle, War City, Ranler seem to be getting better. Kuz and yourselves were both really good. Who knows with Badskid, you know, they could come back to it. If, if Holger and Nico are both fully fit and firing, they're pretty tough to stop. I know they didn't have Holger at Euros last time around. So, you know, if they're, if they're back at the level we've seen them before, you get to a end of season finale where in the open division, it's really, really close. And then you add in ICD in Bristol in the women's division, which was really good and really tight at the top last year. You add in Smog and Deep Space, depending on uh, how they look after, you know, their changes in the roster and Reading into the mixed division, which was a bit top-heavy last year. I think the mixed division was a little bit weaker, so you had those three good English teams in there. Uh, and, you know, it starts to starts to be really interesting. So I think Euros is going to be fascinating, although I am obviously looking forward to pretty much all of it. I'm an absolutely massive nerd, so I'll watch it all. But, yeah, Euros, I'd say if I had to pick something out, it would be Euros. Cool. Well, thank you both for your time. Very, very good. Very uh, interesting chatting about London Invite and nice to hear some of the insight to Clapham. So good luck with the season with Clapham and good luck running London Invite. I hope it goes great. Okay, thanks. Hope, hope to see you there.